This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 224, episode 224 of the Banner Bearch Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the B9 Media team with some great podcasts like No Limits with Kevin Cooney, A Chance to Strive, Music You're Missing, Eat the Damn Cake, 30 Flirting and Surviving, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Daycations, Be Fit, Drinks After Work, and of course, the Wicked Fast Podcast with the legendary Brian Bell. And you can always check out Card Vault Breaks if you're into sports cards every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on whatnot, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And you can always go check them out down uh, at Patriot Place at the Card Vault or at the Card Vault down at Foxwoods Resort Casino. And the fine gentlemen of the Card Vault are going to be putting on the Fenway Card Show at Fenway Park on May 20th and 21st. Go get your tickets right now at FenwayCardShow.com. And you can also purchase your autographed tickets to meet great former Red Sox players like Brock Holt, Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, Jonathan Papenbaum, the list goes on and on. And more importantly, you can get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Support the podcast. Will you walk around the city and let everyone know what your favorite Celtics podcast is? And just a quick reminder, if you haven't done it yet, the WinBet app. Use the code XBNBANTER. Download the WinBet app. XBNBANTER is the code you can use. XBNBANTER. Do you get it yet? XBN Banter is a code you can use to get a $100 bet credit when you place a $20 bet on the WinBet app. And remember, if you or a loved one are experiencing gambling problems, please call 1-800-327-5050. Okay. Hi. How are you? I'm frustrated. I'm not, like, furious. It's not surprising, you know, that the series is 2-2. I feel like a lot of people thought this game, this series would go 6 or 7, so it's really not surprising. And Sean Grandy tweeted out the other day, before today, because I'm literally recording this, like 30 to 35, maybe even like 40 minutes after the game, and I'm this is the fastest I've ever recorded a podcast after a game. So there's a lot of emotion still, but I'm, I'm somewhat okay for the most part because I called Celtics in 6, and Game 5 is very important for this team. And it's at home. They got home court advantage back after losing game one. So that's key. But before today, and I guess you could even say, yeah, how can I say this the right way? Before today, the Celtics had played 11 consecutive playoff series without holding a 3-1 lead. And now it's 12, which is super frustrating. <laughs> like Sean Grady tweeted that out yesterday. I was like, holy shit. The last time that they did this was in 2018 against the Philadelphia 76ers in the conference semis. When uh, standby your man Marcus Morris was on the team and he did that 3-0 thing. Remember that? Yeah, that was fun, right? So when you think about that, it is now 12 consecutive series that the Celtics cannot go up 3-1. And it's very frustrating. It really is, and I'm annoyed. They obviously lose the game 
to the Philadelphia 76ers, 116-109. Their best of seven series is now 2-2. Two, two. two games, uh, yeah, now tied up 2-2. Two, two. two games at the Garden left, possibly, maybe most likely, and one game left in Philly. Tuesday night will be at the Garden at 7.30 p.m. As far as game six, who knows yet? Because it basically, if the Suns can win another game against the Nuggets, then most likely the game will be at 7.30 because they'll be on the West Coast. But if it's a sweep, or I'm sorry, not a sweep, a gentleman's sweep for the Nuggets, then we could be looking at it like an 8.15, 8.30 start uh, for game six in Philly on Thursday. But game five will be uh, Tuesday at TD Garden at 7.30 p.m. And shout out to my buddy Alex, who I'll be uh, attending the game with. So let's just get right to it, shall we? Yes, Joe Mazzulla didn't call a timeout at the end of regulation. Yes, he didn't call one at the end of OT. Now, the one at the, the, one at the end of regulation, I am literally okay with. Because let's be honest, if Marcus Smart hit that three-pointer, everyone would be like, love and trust, Marcus Smart, fuck all the haters, fuck Boston Sports Radio for bashing on Marcus all the time, Joe doesn't need to call a timeout, we're the best, banner 18, all this shit, right? He had a wide open shot. And to be honest with you, the Celtics did a better job just calling out plays and not letting the Philadelphia 76ers change matchups or make subs or anything like that. So end of regulation, I can kind of understand that. With it being a tie game, Joe had the opportunity to win that game, and he was confident in his team in overtime, as we all should have been. So that one I'm okay with. But the one at the end of OT should have been called the second he saw Jason Tatum driving to the rim, and nothing was there. Now, Jason Tatum waited too long to drive to the rim, so that right there, shame on Tatum. But at the same time, Joe Mazzulla has to be quicker than that and call a timeout. So yes, that is a big issue, and it should be a big issue why they lost this game at the very end. But to me... The big issue is the fact that Jalen Brown left James Harden wide open in the corner. Like, wide open. If you want to leave Harris or Tucker or Nang or Melton or Jalen Hurts or the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I don't care. Leave those guys open. You cannot leave James Harden open. Especially in this game. Now, if it was game two or game three where he was an absolute poop sandwich, sure, I get that. But you cannot leave James Harden open. Five of eight from three before that. And that was he was clearly their best scorer on the court all game. So why are you leaving him wide open? Let him be get fouled. Let him get his two free throws. and Or let him get an and one. Because at that point, if he gets two free throws, you're only down one instead of two. So now you can attack the room, and the next foul, you're going to the free throw line anyways, and all you have to do is make one free throw and you go to another OT, or you make two and you win the fucking game. And speaking of free throws, I mean, the Celtics went six of eight from the line in the fourth quarter. Tatum missed two of those. It was Tatum got four, went two of four, Marcus Smart uh, made all four of his. Now, Rob also missed a couple free throws as well, but that was earlier in the game, so whatever. But fourth quarter free throws, once again, haunting this Boston Celtics team. But I just, but just back, now I'm starting to get angry. Oh boy. But back to Jalen leaving Harden, like real quick. The Celtics, like, really didn't leave Harden open all day. He obviously got to his spots, did his step back bullshit. And, like, to double and bead that close when 
he's like two or three feet from the rim. Now, you could also argue, why the fuck is Jason Tatum on Al, uh, Joel Embiid in that situation? Where the fuck was Al Horford? Sure, we can spiral down that road too if you want. I don't know if you have that much time. I'm trying to get all the anger out of me before succession starts tonight, you know? But here's the thing. By the way, if you don't watch succession, fuck off. Yeah, like... There are so many things defensively that the Celtics did wrong on that last possession for the Philadelphia 76ers that just is so mind-boggling and why I will never understand this team. Look at the Celtics' defense in the fourth quarter. It was superb, right? It was so good. Joel Embiid looked so frustrated. James Harden couldn't buy a poop. It was great. It was absolutely great. They did such a good job rotating around like James Harden, you know? So like, or or even Joel Embiid. Like anytime Joel Embiid caught the ball at the elbow, they did the perfect rotation where they could be arm's length away from James Harden. And if he if uh Embiid did skip the ball over to the corner, they could all rotate par- properly. And it was great. And then they didn't do it on the last possession. It's so fucking annoying. But when Joel Embiid is three feet from the motherfucking basket, and then you give James Harden eight, nine, maybe even ten feet to shoot a wide open three-pointer, like, what the fuck are you thinking? And I talked about it in episode 223, too. I said Harden was due for a good game. And Jalen couldn't defend Harden early in the game. That first foul on Jalen Brown was bullshit. It really and truly was. And I'm not here to talk about the refs because, listen... If you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan and you're listening to this podcast and you're upset about Tatum uh, not getting that offensive call, foul call when he stuck that three-pointer against Maxi, guess what? James Harden does that every single possession. So shut the fuck up. But James Harden um, being due for a good game and then Jalen Brown getting in foul trouble early. Like if you look at that first quarter, yes, Jalen was very good offensively, but James Harden got cooking in that first quarter, right? And then the second Jalen Brown realized, okay, I just went through the whole first half or the second quarter, I should say, without picking up another foul. I now have two. I can now be super aggressive and physical with him. And what did James Harden do? Not a lot. Not a lot. Now, was he still good? Yes. But if you look at the first quarter compared to everything else, you, you're you somewhat content with how Jalen Brown played defense on Jalen uh, James Harden, except for that last one. Jalen, James, Jason, Joel. There's so many J's. Good grief. But yeah, like I understand that Joe Missoula not calling a timeout thing is going to frustrate a lot of people. It's very easy to blame the 34-year-old coach who's a little annoying in press conferences and all that stuff. But he did say a lot of things correctly in that game. He got his guys fired up in that fourth quarter to play some great defense and really get back into that game. And no one's going to give him fucking credit for that. But everyone's just going to run and talk about how he didn't call a timeout in OT, which is fair. The the end of regulation, if you're upset about the one in regulation, like if Marcus Smart hit that, you'd be like, see, Joe knew what he was doing. He, he knew that the 76ers would trap um, Tatum there and he stuck it out, like all this shit. So like, don't give me that, okay? Yes, he should have called a timeout once he saw Tatum, uh, which how slow Tatum was taking it. But he also set up his like, oh, that I can't believe Jalen left him so wide open. Jalen's been incredible in this series. I would say Jalen Brown has done 99 out of 100 things right in this series. And unfortunately, the one thing that's been bad could have co- could cost the Celtics a series. I don't think it will. I, I fucking pray it doesn't. But uh, again, that James Harden shot and leaving him wide open is tough. Everything else Jalen has done in this series has been phenomenal. And say it with me, it's why he's the most important player on this team. But before I continue, let's just talk about the five things that I've always been looking for in the playoffs. I know uh, a couple people have texted me about that and said that they really enjoy it. Number one, 
Uh, the turnovers. Celtics only allowed nine points off of turnovers. They only had 10, so I'm perfectly okay with that. They scored 12 points off of 76ers turnovers in game four versus 20 in game three, so that's really not ideal. Number two, three-point shooting. The Celtics shot, what, 38% from three, which is a solid number in the NBA today. They sh- technically shot like half a percentage point better than the 76ers, so again, can't really be upset about that. So the first two, you're good. Rebounding-wise, I mean, it was even. I mean, Tatum was a fucking monster. Like, ah, I'm a motherfucking monster. Like, Nicki Minaj, like, uh, oh, there's my burp. <laughs> uh, literally, Jason Tatum was a monster on the boards today. And listen, I know everyone wants Tatum to drop 40 fucking plus points a night. When he doesn't, he fucking sucks. Blah, 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 blah. But his rebounding in these playoffs and really his growth in rebounding year after year after year in the league has been so overlooked and it's been so important this playoff run. I mean, he had 18, I was going to say 19. He had 18 rebounds tonight. Four of them offensive, 14 defensive. 18 fucking rebounds. That is Jalen, Al, Derek, Marcus, number 12, and Rob combined. No joke. I'm not lying. Jalen, Al, Derek, Marcus, number 12, and Rob combined. Is that... Like, I think Al had seven. I think Jalen had three. Rob only had two. Jason Tatum got 18 rebounds. Now, I liked how the Celtics crashed on the offensive glass early in this game, but they also gave up some offensive rebounds early as well. And then this is where I'm actually going to start getting angry, okay? Because I, I just made a quick note of this after the game. The, 76 cap, the 76ers capitalized in second chance points way too much for a team that I don't, I don't think got a lot of offensive rebounds. I could, I could look it up, but I digress. Okay, that's really not that important. But the Philadelphia 76ers, scoring 19 second chance points in this game compared to the Celtics 9, you're like, fine, whatever. But 14 of those were in the second half and OT combined. They scored 10 of those in the third. Every single time the Celtics got it down to like 7 or 8 or 9, you're like, okay, we got this. 10 second chance points in the third quarter for the Philadelphia 76ers. Imagine if that was only 5 or 6. Could be a completely different game. Then they had 5 in the fourth quarter, and then they had 4 in overtime. That's basically 1 point a minute. OT is only 5 minutes. And to allow that many second chance points... In OT, when you had all the momentum in the world after such great defense, is so fucking infuriating. Ah! Fuck, man. Or woman as well, for everyone listening. But man, I mean, you know, you talk, think about number four, the headspace. They fought back. They didn't give up. Uh, they know they got this team's number. I, f- I am fully confident that the Celtics believe that they are better than the Philadelphia 76ers. They have yet to really show it, and hopefully they do it in six games <laughs> or seven. Don't fucking lose this series, please, I beg you. But they are going to come out, and they're going to play hard in game five. I believe that. They have to play for themselves. Hopefully they play for their coach, the city, and take full advantage of this fucking series with having home court advantage. I mean, how can you not come out angry and pissed in game five? Seriously, how can you not come out angry and pissed in game five? And then finally, number five, the rotation. I thought it was fine. You know, I wish you could play like lacrosse rules, you know, like once the ball crosses the midfield line or half court line, if you're talking basketball, you know, offensive players can come in, defensive players can come in because Brogdon should have been on the floor late in that game. um, But he had five fouls. Um, and Derek White is the better defender, but Malcolm Brogdon was better offensively today, minus a couple of dumb turnovers, which I'll talk about in a second. But just, yeah, just it, Joe was in a tough spot there. But again, we should have called a fucking timeout. Yeah, how about the defensive setup on that last play? 
fucking Tatum on Embiid and then Harden wide open. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. Okay. So game five, Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. I'm looking for five things in this game. I looked for four in the last one. Five games. Five things I'm looking for. Make sense? Okay, great. Number one, this team needs to get off to a better start, especially Tatum. And listen, Tatum has to realize how good he's been in the paint in this series or even inside the arc in this series. He has to go, like, in the first half, in in game four, he was going up softly, like it was a Lauren Hill song. He was killing me softly with how he was attacking the rim. You get what I'm saying? Great. And then in the second half, he started being aggressive, started protecting his body, and then that's when he started going. In this series, game one, Tatum was 10 of 20 inside the arc. Game two, he was one of four, but then again, he only played like 18, 19 minutes. Game three, he made seven out of nine shots, and then he went eight of 14 inside the arc. Those are all numbers inside the arc. So far in this series, he's eight of 25 from three. And remember, in the first game, four of five. So since then, he's four of 20 from three. Attack the rim and do it with purpose for the love of God, Jason. Number two, someone has to find Rob Williams outside of Jason Tatum. I was yelling at my television screen for hours because every single time there was a missed shot by Joel Embiid or Joel Embiid was in the paint trying to get a rebound and Rob Williams was on the floor, Rob Williams sprinted down the floor. And Rob Williams was open so many times, but no one found him. And listen, I'm not saying there would be turnovers and all this stuff, but at least try it once. Reward the big man for, you know, like Rob did a lot of good things today. He blocked the ball well. He tried to be physical with Embiid, even though Embiid's like 412 pounds heavier than him because Rob's a stick. But the Time Lord has to be rewarded if he's sprinting down the floor. And that brings me up to my next point. Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's allergic to Rob Williams. There was a few times in in this game, and what I've mentioned in this entire season, or season slash series, where Malcolm Brogdon needs to get on a better page with Rob Williams. Seriously. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon had some really bad turnovers late in that game. There's been a few times this year where Malcolm Brogdon gets some really shitty turnovers, and it's really fucking annoying. But And, I mean, late in the fourth quarter, he had a really, 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 with a splash of really bad one, and that's fine. But if Brogdon can attack the way that he can attack, and if he's being doubled or whatever, don't force it. Try and find Rob. Throw a lob up. Like, especially if P.J. Tucker's playing the five for the 76ers. Literally, Rob's nuts are on P.J. Tucker's shoulders at that point because P.J. Tucker's only like six, 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 seven. It's ridiculous. Number three, Jalen Brown in the second and the third quarter. What are we going to see? What are we going to see? Jalen was unreal in the first quarter of this game. Once again, unbelievable. It's the only reason why the Celtics were in, in this game. Jalen Brown is the most important player of this team. But Jalen needs to play like that for all four quarters. Now, I know Jalen's defense is a big focus in this series on Harden, and it has worked, and I'm super happy for him and proud of him to see how locked in he is defensively. But to be a superstar in this league, you have to be aggressive on both ends. And Jalen is. He was pretty good. Yeah, solid. I think he was solid in the fourth quarter and obviously phenomenal in the first quarter. But what about quarters two and three? Where was he at? I didn't see him. Did you? Maybe a couple shots here and there. Fine, whatever. But that's what he has to do. Jalen has to be aggressive, okay, uh, after quarters 
or after quarter one and before quarter four. That'd be preferred. Okay, so get a good start. Have Tatum attack the rim. Someone find Rob Williams. Jalen Brown has to be great in the second and third quarter. Number four, how, are, how is this Boston Celtics team going to handle pressure in this game? What They did what they were supposed to do and get home court back, but they let the game slip away from them. Philly doesn't really have any pressure on them. Now, I know a lot of the media is basically saying that, you know, if the 76ers lose this series with James Harden being a free agent, are you going to have to blow up the 76ers? Blah, 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 blah. If that happens, we'll see. But Embiid looks somewhat healthy-ish, okay? And I really and truly want the Celtics to push the pace in this game and put the pressure back on Philly and not the Celtics. The Celtics got 22 fast break points in this game. The 76ers only had nine. The Celtics like to make things harder on themselves. So in this game, let's kind of let's kind of change roles. They cannot, like, they can't do too much. Like, don't overdo it. They have to make adjustments since that three-guard lineup didn't work, unfortunately, because Doc Rivers made a good adjustment to that. And they still can't score on a 2-3 zone effectively. But put the pressure back on the 76ers. The Celtics, in some weird way, like the pressure and play better with the pressure, but do the 76ers like that. So I want the pressure to shift over, and that will start with a good start. And finally, number five, Rob and Al. Rob and Al. These two have to wear down Joel Embiid again. Number 12 can help as well if no, number 12 wants to play physical again too. Joel Embiid looked exhausted and confused late in that game. I mean, P.J. Tucker was yelling at him, be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive, be, be aggressive. I don't think that's what he was saying exactly, but it was basically that. He will come out aggressive in this game. Joel Embiid is going to have another 12, 13, 14, 15, 4 million free throws in in this series we all know that and they want the way that they wanted Harden to come out aggressive in game four which he did they are going to want Joel and B to do that because he didn't do that late in the game and you could argue that's one of the reasons why they lost the lead <sighs> so I need Al and Rob to play some of their best basketball that they have all season defensively on Embiid and let the rest of the team figure out the offense all right I'll see everyone Tuesday night 7 30 p.m at TD Garden, if you're listening, you're like, oh, I don't know if I should go. Fucking go. Go to the game. Get loud. I'll be in Section 315. Swing by if you're there. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night. Good night.